As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hear that podcast growling, mean and angry, hear that local shouting, it's Dainer and Jay, it's Dainer and all right, welcome to the latest edition to hear that podcast. Growling, partner Jr. and Jay Morrison of The Athletic. Excited to be with you on a Tuesday. And it's a big Tuesday for us, Jay. Huge. Huge Tuesday. Choose your own adventure Tuesday. It's back, baby. <laughs> it's back. Choose your own adventure off-season spreadsheet is up. And live, you've already been, many of you, sending us your screenshots of how you've done. We are excited to dive. We're, we're diving all the way into our versions, talking about the decisions on there, your versions. Uh, I, we're excited to break into it today. I mean, you guys know how much I love spreadsheets, and this is spreadsheet-based. Oh. So I, I love putting it together every year. But then it's you get it out, you release it. Today's the day it's released. It's that huge feeling of accomplishment and then it's you start seeing all of the the screen caps come in you're like oh boy this is going to take a while to compile because we do we like to look at all of yours we kind of uh break down how many of you chose to extend t higgins how many of you didn't we'll do a separate story based on all of your input um the more the better but it is uh it's a little daunting to see them flying in this fast already we're i'm, I'm gonna be uh i'm gonna need a separate spreadsheet to track the spreadsheet <laughs> oh you know you <laughs> like that um so i i, I should I, I need to out myself jay i had a great idea for a gift for you for christmas that i didn't buy and i was just thinking of another holiday it could be <laughs> it's a i actually been i don't know why i've been targeted by it probably because we talk about spreadsheets so much and your expertise in them but they're you can get them in different forms t-shirt coffee cup whatever i was gonna get you the coffee cup that says freak in the sheets and it just shows all like spreadsheets as the background <laughs> and i was like it'd be the perfect coffee cup for you you could have it right here on the show and hold it up whenever we have big spreadsheet episodes like we do here freaking's one of my favorite words too that's where yeah. you, you, you when you have kids you gotta you gotta find workarounds to the cuss words you're them. a fr- you're a freak in the sheets <laughs> that's Yes, well, spreadsheets. Let's just say in that. the spreadsheets. In the spreadsheets. That's the whole. <laughs> Used to point. be in the other sheets. Hey, 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 hey! We're talking about spreadsheets. Yeah, it's okay. a joke. Uh, okay, uh, 
Also, one of, before we dive all the way in, this Mo Egger is going to join us, of course. We're going to make him do his choose-your-own-adventure, which he's uh, termed one of his most frustrating experiences of his year. Uh, <laughs> but we're going to force him to do it. Uh, he'll he'll be coming up later in the show. But first, I want to say that if you, if you listen to the program, you watched on YouTube, whatever, um, thank you, first of all. Second of all, we're always trying to lean into things that you like more, lean away from some of the things that maybe you don't like as much, um, and just listen to you all the time. So made a little survey for you. Easy, quick, multiple choice. Won't take you but a couple minutes, if that. Um about HTPG, particularly the in-season episodes. You're coming off of it, a little quick debrief. Uh, what did you like? Maybe what you didn't like, what you want more of. Maybe you'd like less of. What do you like the most? Um, do you want us to stop talking about Arby's? No, never, never. Don't, it's not even on there. It's not even a question to be on there. Um, no write-ins. No, no, but we a quick survey. Go in, fill it out. You'll see it in the show notes. If you're listening here, we've tweeted it out as well. If you go to Twitter, um, either of those spots, go in there, fill out the survey. Let us know what you think, what you like, and we'll start tailoring, particularly these in-season episodes, to to some things maybe a little differently or and uh, see what we can do. Always looking to make it better. So uh, drop in your um thoughts there should we uh should we also put out the disclaimer that i I know uh last year we kind of railed on people not going over the cap and say well i'm just a little over that that's one thing but um if you guys are having trouble and you're sending requests for us to share the google sheet with you um that's not you look at the directions a little closer. You need to save it as a copy. Then once you save it as a copy, you can make all the changes you need to make. But the original document, we're not sharing it with anybody. We don't want people going in there and changing things around um, on the master. So uh, you hit save as copy. Then you've got your own personal one. You can do whatever you want with it. Change it over and over again. Once you're done, screen cap it, send it to us. Absolutely. Um And we're going to so, – so, yeah, do that. You know, we should put that at the top, Jay. Maybe we'll put that in the top. To remind people. They'll still miss it. They'll still miss it. That's true. <laughs> um, uh, I'm going to put – I'm going to put the – into the YouTube YouTube here, we're going to put the survey uh, so that you can go and take a peek at that. So we're going to put that in, in YouTube here uh, momentarily. Um, look out for that in there. So while you're sitting there listening to us, you can do the survey as well. Uh, all right. Let's quickly dive through a touch of the news. Um, and that involves not a whole lot right now. Uh, combine mm-hmm. next week. Um, we, we're going to get into some combine thoughts at the end of this episode. Um, and if you have any questions, uh, drop them in here into the YouTube, uh, comments and we'll try to get to those later in the episode too. Um, mock draft is out tomorrow. Oh, let me just tell you how happy that <laughs> made me. Took a few <laughs> days off for vacation at the end of last week. Come back first thing. Oh, I got to do mock draft 1.0. Oh, uh, but needless to say, it's coming out tomorrow. We have all 32 out on every team's biggest need. You can go take a peek at that. Um, Jay, you're in the middle today. You're doing a beat writer mock draft for the first round where everybody's picking. I always like that. You get a really kind of a really good view of team needs and where it could possibly land, except it's silly to do it now because everything's going to change. Just like your mock is like, why do, why do we have to do this stuff right now? And, uh, yeah. So I'm, 
I'm picking 28th. Obviously, I'm picking for the Bengals. This started uh, just a little bit ago. I think they started doing them at 10 a.m., which means I will probably go on the clock around midnight or so tonight. <laughs> um, it's not the most uh, streamlined, efficient way to do it. But the goal is to have it done by tomorrow afternoon, and it will publish later this week. Um, along, We will also be publishing a all 32 of every team's uh, most likely or possible cap casualty. So you can kind of get an idea of who may be available out there that's not quite available yet. And that's important part in a, in a good spot for us to dive in and start talking about mock our mock offseason sheets mm. here uh, because you know, cap casualties will be a part of it. They're not on there. And a little bit of an explainer here, um, you know, we, we gave the the number and this is how much you have to spend. It started at 25 million. Now you're saying, Paul, they don't have, they have more than that. What are you trying to do? <laughs> this happens every single year. Uh, the Bengals spend is very similar every year. It's like this: take their cap that's actual available, which was uh, right around the two thirty six uh, area. Subtract ten to fifteen million off of it. That's the level to which they spend in their cap number. Last year, it was almost right on that. Their mm-hmm. cap spend was within two million of where we had plotted that, their actual cap number spent on 2022 cap hits compared to where it started. Went back and tracked it to make sure it was right, and it was. The adjustment this year that I think you're going to like, and I think Mo will particularly like, because Mo found himself very frustrated, feeling like he couldn't do everything he wanted to do. (laughs) And so we adjusted, you know, if you are going to give somebody three years, 36 million, 12 million per year, you know, you previously we'd put them in there as about 12 million per year at a 12. Well, that number's not realistic. The first year cap hit is always a little bit less. less. And that was certainly the case in all their all their signings last year as well. Now they can front load that. It's different ways. There's a lot going on there, but we're trying to keep it basic just for the sake of the exercise of just understanding exactly what it is. Um so the numbers for each player are less than what they were. They're going to get on the market. You're going to hear these numbers come out on the market, right? So unless it's a one-year deal. I mean, if you're thinking mm-hmm. it's a, like, I have Hayden Hurst in here for $5 million, one year, $5 million feels about right for Hayden Hurst. But if you were saying three-year deal for someone gives Hayden Hurst three years, um, I think it would maybe look a little bit different than one year five. One year you'd be you could get him on this year's cap for three or four. Um, point being, these multi-year deals um, are gonna be able to feel like you're getting more in this year, and I think that was a, a a slight adjustment where we missed last year, and you can do better. Yeah, like Hurst, for example, where it, one year five million, say it's a three year fifteen, it's not going to be five five five. You know, no. it might be three and a half this year, then four and a half, and then get up even bigger in that third year. So it is, it's the, you pointed this out in your tweet too. This is nothing is perfect. It's impossible to make this perfect. We try to make it as realistic as possible. And the the whole goal here is to let you guys know how difficult some of these decisions are that you, you can't just say, well, go get a, a starting left tackle and, and, and go get a, a starting safety. That's in the Jesse, Bates realm, but maybe not quite as expensive as what his tag number would have been. Um, it's it's not fantasy football where you can just go get whoever you want. There are there are yens and yangs to every decision you make, and there's there's the ripple effects, and 
it gets tough. And that's why Mo found it so frustrating. It does get frustrating. You go through it, you're like, oh, I want to do this, but then I can't do this. So I'll change this. And it's uh, it's not just run through, click, 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 you're done. There's a lot of back and forth because everything, everything you choose affects something on the other side. It does. It's all about consequences, Jay. You know, in our own personal finances, we tend to not have the proper perspective about, <laughs> look, I, if you're going to go spend something on this, it means you're going to probably not be able to do this. Look, you want to redo your house, okay? You want to have a new kitchen? You want to have a new porch? You want to have a new bathroom? I don't know if you can tell. I'm, we're, ta- we're having lots of discussions about house <laughs> projects. Well, you can't do them all. And if you want to do the bathroom, that means you're not going to get your porch. You're not going to get your back deck. You're not, or you could just say, screw it. Let's blow it all up. Let's go all in and blow out the back of the house and put on an addition, right? Like there's just, there's pluses and there's minuses to every decision you make in your life and certainly in the life of filling out the Bengals balance sheet. And that's an important thing to remember here as well. All right, Jay. Let's. You want to start? We haven't seen each other's sheets. We've done this separately so we can react live here. Jay, you can start. Let's Cam. Let's put Jay's sheet up here for our YouTube folks and see what he's got here. Um, and and take a look. Talk me through. Um, let's let's kind of talk through a few of you your your maybe your toughest. What you thought were some of your toughest decisions? I see. I see one cut. Yeah, that was it. That was do I cut Lael Collins and. I he didn't perform the way they wanted him to last year. He is coming on off off an ACL, but man, it's so hard to find quality offensive linemen. And I I just don't know that you cut him right away. And and you don't know what's gonna happen. This I mean, we're doing this now before the draft. You you gotta wait and see what happens in the draft, who they get. Um free agency as well. You can see there in in my OT three, uh, I, I grabbed the, the Vegas um, right tackle, who, by the way, was one of eighth or ninth graded right tackle by PFF. And, and, and what was interesting, I thought about him. Let me find my notes here real quick. So his. His overall grade was seventy five point three, his run grade Run blocking grade, 75.7. His pass blocking grade, 76.1. He was very consistent. I think that's what you're looking for, a guy with experience and a guy who has consistency as your OT3. Um, I still, you'll see there at first round, Darnell Wright going to go get a, a, a tackle right in the first round and then see how it shakes out. But the other part of that is, you know, last year, the injuries were a big story once you got in the postseason, but 15 games in a row were the same exact offensive line. That's just, it's it, it's rare. And, and you can't count on that kind of thing happening again. I, I think they, they need to they need to improve the, the starting lineup on the O-line and they need to improve the depth. I don't know that we saw enough from Jackson Carmen. So that's, that's why I spent money there, um, spent money and draft capital on, on the O-line. Um, Mixon, I thought, was an easy cut uh, just because it saves so much money. P. Ryan is going to be a lot less. Uh, then I went and I got Jamal Williams. I know a lot of people are probably going with a rookie, um, a third, fourth, maybe a day three pick. Um, Jamal Williams 
17 touchdowns last year, 16 of them in the red zone. I mean, if they can run the ball down there in the red zone, it's just going to open everything else up. Um, the other thing I like about Jamal Williams, too, he was uh, number 11 running back by PFF in terms of pass pro. So you get him and Samaj P. Ryan. That's what I, I worry about. Just just going with Samaj P. Ryan and then Travion and a rookie. It's like, well, what if something happens to Samaj? Then you're really in a pinch there unless this rookie explodes like an Isaiah Pacheco or something like that. So I wanted a little more insurance um, at, at the running back position. And it's not just, you know, he's not just a a, a, a red zone, one yard run, plunge, touchdown guy. I mean, Jamal Williams went over a thousand yards last year. He had a really good year. I think that would be a, a quality addition. Um, the, the one area where I, I kind of went back and forth was DT three and, and I went ahead and I got Sheldon Rankins. Um, he's, he's going to be 29 before the season starts. So you figure that deal, maybe they get him on a one year deal, but it, most likely it would be a two, three that he would be looking for. I know they don't like to pay guys once they get up in that 30 range, but I just Zach Carter didn't quite, you know, develop the way I think they had hoped. It's not to say he won't, but uh, they're thin there at, at three tech. And um, I'm not sure that, you know, you, you anytime you're drafting a rookie, it's, it's going to be a crapshoot. All right, let's take a second and switch gears here and hear from a sponsor. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Okay, hold on, hold on. <laughs> We're covering a lot of ground here. Yeah, I know. I'm trying covering, to go through let's, it let's, all. Let, no, no, no. Let's not go through it all at once. Let's 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 stop. Let's stop. I have, yeah. I have many notes. Okay, let's let's go back to the beginning here. Um, cuts. You mentioned the Collins the Collins thing. I'm with you. I think the Mixon cut is the easiest because mm. not only is the seven point three. You know, again, we did all these cuts as a as pre June ones because that historically is the way they've gone. Obviously, it can be post, and you can save more. We're, we're just not doing that for the sake of this exercise. Seven point three is great, but when you take into effect that not just is this a great running back class, but there's a lot of guys in the mold of a Jamal Williams that are out there too. And Jamal Williams, by the way, um, great locker room dude. Incredible interview. Subscribe win. Yes. Uh, for those that haven't seen that, I I, I love that. Uh, I love the concept of Jamal Williams. He could show up in place of P Ryan. Um, if you if the, for whatever reason he didn't come back, I don't know if they want it. They'd want to go that way or not. To me, there's a little bit of a double up. Although I love it, I I, I have no problem with that. I just think you got to be thinking long term and trying to find somebody 
who's really, really explosive. When it comes to the running back position, if we're cutting Joe Mixon, which we're both doing, we both have that. I, I, I like one guy in that low range, whether it's P. Ryan coming back or you go get a Williams or somebody else like that, and then going into this deep draft. I just think there's a couple different options, and we can talk about some draft stuff. I went through a lot of this in the mock draft yesterday, and everybody has their opinions. There's just a lot of them, though. And I think that's really what's important, not who your pony is, who you like uh, in round two, or maybe even round one. Maybe you like, look, if Gibbs is there, 28, you know, you got to do it. You got to take the first round running back. I don't necessarily subscribe to that theory, um, but I, I, I'll listen to it. I mean, I get it if you think he's really the perfect, if he's your Alvin Kamara or your Christian McCaffrey type, which is the perfect fit for this offense, that's great. Um, but I think there's a lot of quality in the back half that can be what you more want, which is your Damian Pierce, your Isaiah Pacheco, mm-hmm. uh, your Tyler Algieri, these guys that you get don't have to spend a bunch of draft capital on and can hope bubble up. And if they don't aren't great, you still have the other guy that you have. I mean, if they have to go and give P Ryan a bigger load for a year, I mean, we know we know we've seen what that looks like. It looks like it did last year and he can carry it. I have Roshan Johnson from Texas. Uh the backup to be John Robinson, uh, who who really is a nice type fit. He'd be a round three guy for me, or where that's where Dane has him. All of our picks are based off where Dane has in his top one hundred, um, kind of in that area. A third round pick, taking advantage of the depth, but still a quality player who can come in and you can take your time working him in. Maybe he shows up and immediately is great. Maybe he's not. Uh, you have P Ryan, so I have P Ryan with the third round pick there rather than going with another uh, free agent. Um, but you can do that. And and maybe, and maybe you're going with another free agent a- anyway. Maybe you're going P Ryan Williams Johnson, right? And you've got a full load of players back there. And Chris Evans is your fourth or something like that. Yeah. The, the thing about Roshan that, that, that I think is interesting and it, this isn't a unique concept, but it's something the Bengals really lean into who, they really like running backs who shared the load in college, who aren't coming in with that ton of all that wear and tear. So he would fit that mold. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what I was thinking is you, you think about it too. The the it's not just late draft capital capital. It's you know, a lot of times these running backs come out of the undrafted pool and. It, the undrafted free agency market is it's kind of like college recruiting where who's the best fit they, they they get they have all the power they can pick where they want to go and if you've if you've got a team that doesn't have a star number one back and you've got a team that's been to back-to-back AFC championship games and you've got a team led by Joe Burrow there's gonna be a lot of running backs free eight college free agents that are gonna want to come no to Cincinnati so that they can kind of stock up there too and just say hey fight it out in OTAs and training camp and and see who's the best we heard Steve Rodisovich talking about that in the story I had up last week about build to sustain. And, and I read you some of what he was saying, you know, that they, they can, they, they plan on leaning a little bit heavier into that this year, take advantage of what they have with Burrow. And I think that's where you can find, you know, maybe it's bargain replacement, which we have listed mm-hmm. as an option is somebody like, maybe it's Jamal Williams. I mean, it could be yeah. somebody that you very much know who's very much been productive in this league and bargain replacement is a nice little player uh, because it's somebody that, maybe didn't see the market develop quite as they wanted to, and they end up playing with Burrow. The other aspect of what you're talking about here is the 
the, the Collins decision. And, and, and to me, there's a couple of spots here where we start talking about aggressiveness all in. There, to me, a takeaway was how much room there was. Um, and Cam, if you want to flip up and put mine up here now, we'll you, you can so Jay can start judging me. Yeah, I'm in the red up top. <laughs> I got a minus a hundred thousand. I'm willing to re- say that I can figure out a way to rework a hundred grand. I just want it. This is what I wanted. Okay, but I think the tackle spot is where I think you can look at. Okay, are you going to do this? Or are you not going to do this? And I've had a theory about the Bengals for a while, and this kind of was a defining part of this sheet for me. I am done trying to draft linemen for this team. If I am the Bengals, I am self-scouting myself. We're not good at this. We continue to not be great at this. (laughs) The offensive line drafting has just never gone to the level that they've wanted it to go. I would say Volson's one of the first closest success stories they've had. And credit them for that. And maybe it means they're turning the corner. And Jonah Williams has been fine. But he hasn't been where he was picked fine doesn't mean that was a bad pick it just had it's just all this whole long line i'm just telling you know what pay for it fix it and i'll draft elsewhere okay i'll fix it by paying guys i'll protect burrow with known quantities they're gonna go for it time man they 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 can go win The, the the amount of space they have to do stuff this year and down the line it it all fits itself differently but I want to pay for the line and draft for other stuff. I want the known quantity line. I'm done. It's not time to recreate Cedric Obwehi transfer, okay? The transfer of power from hell, right? Or the Obwehi Fisher draft. So people will say draft tackle. I get it. That makes sense. One, you're not getting a blue chip tackle at 28. You're getting somebody who's got deficiencies or some development to them, or else you'd be getting them at 10, Okay. So I look at right tackle. I cut Lowell Collins and try to sign Mike McGlinchey. That's my big move, right? Mm-hmm. Now you have these guys. You have McGlinchey, Kappa, Karras, Volson, all signed multiple years. Okay? Now McGlinchey's a little bit on the older side for considering he's a free agent um, for the first time from San Francisco. But he is no donkey's man. I mean, he is yeah. solid as can be. Grading in the 70s, playing right tackle, run block, pass block, solid across the board, solid dude. Bengals really liked him in the draft. You're going to have to pay for that. You're going to have to pay for that. But think about this. You know, you've got left tackle hanging out there, but you've got Jonah Williams this year. you got whatever you think Jackson Carmen was. Or you can add, I added a swing tackle as well, because I'm not trusting Jackson Carmen further than I could throw him at this point. We, gotta, we haven't seen elongated success. So I brought in Cam Fleming to be a swing tackle who played fairly well at both left and right last year. Okay? Uh, you can look further into addressing tackle next year. Okay? But think about that line. That's a great, look at that, look at that offense. Yeah. Next year's offense, Burrow, P. Ryan, or Johnson. Chase Higgins Boyd, Jonah Williams, Volson Karras, Kappa, McGlinchey. Hurst is back at tight end, and I'm spending a fourth round pick on tight end too. Uh, with sample in the mix. Go for it. Go win. Go and, and and your line is set up to protect nine for the long haul. And you're I just feel like if you're gonna splurge, you can't do multiple aggressive moves. One big one, if you're pinpointing where it can be, why not be getting just 
fixing up this line and feeling truly solid about it for the long haul. I know that there's no guarantees they could go get McGlinchey or that he would sign here, that he'd leave San Francisco or that they'd get him at the number they want. But if on this sheet, that's mm-hmm. the aggressive aggressive move I'm making. Yeah, and, and when you put it in that context where it's, yeah, he's $13 million, but you cut Collins at six, so you're basically paying him seven. Um, it does. It makes sense. Um, I like Fleming, too. He's, he'll be 31 on opening day, but if he's your swing tackle, that's fine. You're not asking him to go in there and start 17 games. Um, I I didn't I, – I kept I, – I debated whether to keep or cut Collins, but I never debated on on going – making that big swing at right tackle. I was more kind of bolstering getting mid-range guys, second, third tier or, or wave guys to fill out the rest of the roster. I I like it. I, I mean, I I think he would be a great addition, and you're right. That would be – that is not a no-donkey line. That is a really, really good offensive line. Um, but you're right. It's do, Can you get him at that number? Um, would, he, would he want to come here? Would he want to leave San Francisco? Maybe San Francisco tags him, which, by the way, today is the uh, day that teams can start tagging guys for the next two weeks. Um, don't anticipate the Bengals doing that, but um, – this is this is interesting. It's a, a a different way, and I figured it would be that we would we would come up with with different sheets here without comparing them ahead of time. But I do see a lot on here that is is similar as well. Um, so to me, uh, that's where you're going to invest. I'm investing more into the line and just trying to yep. make sure that there's that there's protection. But it leaves you know a few other things to look at now on, on the defensive side of the ball here, which is uh, more set almost than I thought I would feel with it. You know, there's a, to me, there's a lot of boxing. You know, it shows select on all of you, all this yellow uh, that when you go through the sheet to all oh, got to make a decision here, there's not a lot of decisions. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of just, yeah, don't cut that guy, bring that guy back. That's, that's in a good place. Um, Hendrickson, Hubbard, Osai, reader, Hill, yeah, I mean, you're in place there. I think it's, I think you're trying to you're trying to rebuild youth and and on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I mean, to me, that was that was that was my thought process and plug and play with some some vets where you have to. I, I you know I think I don't think there's any way Jesse Bates is coming back. But if you were talking about where to splurge. If you were talking about where to make yourself uncomfortable, if you're the Bengals, go back on your now three run fight with Jesse Bates and say, you know what? Maybe, maybe that is, maybe that is our aggressive move. Maybe that's our all in move is Jesse Bates instead of Von Bell. Now, again, that'd be a lot of discomfort Hmm. uh, for, for them to do something that they don't want to do. They've fought against doing for a reason. So to think they're going to do it, I think it's, very, 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 very unlikely. But I'm saying, if you're here and we're just blindly talking about it, Dax Hill and Jesse Bates playing with each other sounds scintillating. And and you get two young guys rather than Von Bell, who's not old, but on the on the older side. And you'd be paying for a little bit on the older side, whereas Jesse Bates, still very young. I To me, that's the other thing where you would consider is like, is there any way that you can Get yourself real uncomfortable and find a way to mend the fences with Jesse Bates. Yeah, I just I like the idea of Vaughn's physicality, and I I mean, Je- I think Dax is going to be a terrific player, but him and Jesse 
kind of similar in their play style. I think you want a, a thumper back there at, at one of the safety spots. And, and I do, I, I just, I think this is, this is the end with, with Jesse and, um, but it is inter- it's an interesting thought. The the other thing you have the, the Jonathan Jones thing. I I've debated him as well. But I was thinking, okay, he's got two rings. You want a guy with playoff success. Last year was his first year as a, a full time starter. You know, is he going to be happy in that in that cornerback three role? Is, it, is would that be an issue? I, that's why I end up going bargain replacement there. Just a solid guy who understands he's the fourth cornerback. And um, but I do like that idea of a Jonathan Jones in that secondary. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think that I think that's probably the move. I think there's a uh, there's a bargain replacement type, or maybe a little bit more aggressive, like Jones. Whoever, I mean, that's who we have in that. There's going to be other guys when we start talking yeah. about who cap casualties. I mean, that's a good spot for a cap casualty from somewhere else, uh, potentially to come in and and try to restart their career uh, in Cincinnati. You know, you want somebody just. The unknowns of how Cheeto is going to look for sure coming off the ACL made me lean towards being a little bit more aggressive with that fourth corner. Um, Knowing that I don't think they're going to bring Eli Apple back. They're going to look elsewhere. And I think you're drafting that position. Um, I went second round with corner. Yeah, right. And I think early is a very much in play there. You know, a team that likes to go in a year early. We know that much um, on big time premium positions. Um, would consider it with Cheeto in the last year of his deal coming off an ACL. There's no question. I mean, in that fourth spot is sitting there. You can be drafting the future of that position and adding depth at the same time. I think you're very much considering a corner at every level of the draft. It's in play. Mm-hmm. It would You wouldn't be stunned if at 28 or 60 or in the third round, you saw them pulling the trigger on a corner again and trying to find – the next Cam Taylor Britt, you know, to, to fall in line there. Yeah, I agree. And that, that the trade back is in play as well, where they, you know, they, they've done that so many times in the second round and get an extra, extra pick later in the draft. Um, but I, 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 I do, I could see it at 28. I, I went tackle. I think tackles the most likely, regardless of what any of these sheets say, I still think tackles the most likely pick there. Um, Obviously not if they sign a McGlinchey, uh, but I do. I, I think we are going to see a cornerback uh, drafted on day two and on day three, possibly. Yeah, and I don't have that. I have them getting younger. I, I still think, you know, there's a lot of when you get into the draft side of this, so much is dependent. I mean, free agency is going to, gonna, in a lot of ways, mm. help move what the draft looks like. So it's hard to do one before the other. But when you go through the options and you look at the way it's structured right now, what we, way we think it's structured, we look at what Dane has out there and 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 his projections. You know, I I look at somebody that can be playing defensive tackle for you. You know, readers in the last year of his deal, they needed more juice up the middle anyway. Um, I'm I'm looking at that spot and and seeing what's available certainly at defensive tackle. Um, I have Keanu Benton from Wisconsin, uh, mostly from reading his scouting report about his relentless style and mm-hmm. just change. I mean, fits every single word that we have heard from the Bengals in recent years about the defensive player types um, and how that sort of just relentless motor type thing is what drives his game. And he gets a lot of, got a, a lot of uh, efficiency and production. 
um, off of that. So I had them going there and plugging him in as your third defensive tackle, and you can work him next to Hill when you go to the five front. You could do lots, lots of different things you can do. They need, they need somebody to pair with Hill. I thought B.J. Hill's production was hurt last year by not having an Ogan Joby type with him. Mm-hmm. And I, and hell, I at one point I had them bringing Ogan Joby back. Why not get the band back together? Yeah. I, I'm open to that. But I think getting young there and and trying to add a little bit more youth and juice on the interior of the defensive line um, is a spot where you, they should be considering at all levels of this draft as well. The one thing we haven't touched about your sheet, which I love, is that first round pick. Jackson Smith and Jigba, you put yep. him next to Chase and Higgins and Boyd and that O line. I mean, that's that's got number one offense possibilities written all over it. Um, I do. I, I love the idea of of them drafting him. Um, being an Ohio State fan, just watching him. Not this year. He hardly played this year, but that, the year before, he was incredible. Um, and if, if he's there at twenty eight, that that would really, really be an interesting dynamic to have that top four uh for joe burrow to throw to well and it's a it's a it's a now and later pick exactly i mean you know this is probably the end for tyler boyd he's your future of tyler boyd they have a year Mm -hmm. where they're together and he's verse he's an inside outside guy i mean he he can certainly play outside um you know he's not just going to be a slot different Mm -hmm. different analysts have different ideas of how he projects and it'll probably depend on how mike potts and duke tobin and company think that he projects if he's an inside outside i just you you get a lot of chase i think they want the versatility right you they want the idea of when they come out in 11 you don't know where chase is gonna go where smith and jig was gonna go uh you maybe you know where t's gonna go but they have lots of different ways they work him and you can have these guys all over. Um, and I think that's where you end up having so many things you can do. And then come next year, you, you've got your rookie in place. Who, and you lose you lose zero of your dynamic playmaking ability yeah. uh, in the receiver room at that point. All right, let's just take a quick break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. All right, welcome back to Hear That Podcast. Growlin, we're going to bring in our good friend and yours, Mo Egger from ESPN 1530. Mo, where are you today? <laughs> I'm at Hollywood Casino. Wow, how about that? Big day. What, are we just trying to get some early action in? We have a uh, – these aren't working. Uh, we, we have, a, uh, we have a, a promotion we're doing for the, uh, for the NCAA tournament, and I had to shoot a video, and uh, it went long. 
<laughs> well, thanks for joining us anyway. I, I appreciate it. I mean, this is this is kind of a real feel of you and your environment. Hey, I've got. I just I brought this with me. I brought my spreadsheet. <laughs> okay. Because, yeah. Because I I think I'm qualified to be a GM or at least a capologist. Okay. <laughs> You're so today you are GM slash capologist slash common sense director. We'll give you all. We'll give you all of those titles. But start with uh your sort of your your big. What was the toughest decision you thought? Uh, when you went to filling out the sheet, are you under the cap or are you going to have to restructure? I, I did a better job of balancing the books here than I do with my own finances. Wow. I am $700,000 under the cap. Oh, congratulations. You're going to pay yourself yeah. with that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to bring it out here to Hollywood. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So the very first thing for me is that nonsense about trading T Higgins. We're not doing that. Right. <laughs> okay. Let's, that's it's not very, even an option on here. No. The very first thing I clicked was T Higgins extension. We're getting mm -hmm. that bad boy done. And even yeah. if we can't, we're trying to win the Super Bowl this year. And so, uh, I started, I started with that. Um, I, I, I don't know that I really had a, a tough decision. I will admit to you trying to figure out a way to keep Jesse Bates, which, which doesn't really seem realistic. Um, I cut Joe Mixon and I moved on from Lyle Collins. Okay. Those were the two cuts. So I saved $13.4 million. Uh, and then I really didn't go crazy in free agency. I signed one kind of big ish money guy. Do you want to know who that is? I do. Yeah. I signed Jawan Taylor to play right tackle. Okay. Uh, good pass blocking tackle. I understand there's issues run blocking. I've moved on from Lael Collins. I like Jackson Carmen as my swing guy. I don't know that I saw enough to have him entrenched as the dude who's going to be helping to protect Joe Burrow for 17 weeks. But if I've got to play him, well, that's okay. Uh, I think he has played himself into that swing tackle role. I wanted an upgrade. I can't count on Lyle Collins, and so my big free agency get was uh, was Jawan Taylor. All right, I like that move. What about draft? What, what positions did you go for with your first three draft picks? I took a tight end because everybody raves about the tight end class. Mm -hmm. um, with my second round selection, I took an offensive lineman, and maybe you don't find a long term solution at tackle there in the second round, but what's the future of, of Jonah Williams? They've got to start thinking long-term about the interior. I mean, Alex Cap and Ted Karras aren't going to be here forever. You could always use depth. We certainly saw that last year. Uh, and then with my third pick, I went corner. You can't have enough in this league. Um, I also have read just enough draft dorks who have talked about how great the class is at corner. Maybe I can't get a shutdown guy in the third round, but I can add some depth. Can I get a version of Cam Taylor-Britt and hopefully have him play the entire season? I'm moving on from Eli Apple. So I have a bargain replacement at corner at CB3, but I'm taking one in the third round as well. I like that. Um, what is, what's your, um, your, your idea of what to do at running back? Are you... Are you just are you are you thinking draft? Are you thinking run with P Ryan? I've got some Ajay P Ryan. I did look at other options. Um, the Jamal Williams thing was interesting to me, but 
the statistical profile didn't jump off the page. I know he scored a bunch of touchdowns, and it was $4 million, so that didn't really fit. So I've gone day three pick. Again, uh, the, the draft gurus talk about how great the class is at running back. It's a position that is viewed as more replaceable than others. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, there wasn't a tab for renegotiate with Joe Mixon. Was there? There wasn't no. a – yeah, so there – I gotta see. Guy. I gotta see one player take a pay cut, or the Bengals restructure a single contract before we make it an option. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it, it was either keep him or move on. I, I. I just in this day and age, with the player that he's become, with the decisions they have to make, I. I couldn't. Um, I. I couldn't keep Joe Mixon at at the the salary that he was going to get. So we're going to go day three pick. Look, Joe carried it fifteen times per game last season. Can I find a guy on Saturday that I can give the football to 15 times per game that could perhaps be a little bit better pass protector and give them four yards a carry behind the interior of that offensive line? I think the answer is yes. And I get him on the cheap, plus Samaje P. Ryan as complimentary guy slash insurance policy slash two-minute guy slash uh, you know dude that's going to salt away games at the end. Yeah, I like that running back setup. So I went day three picking running back. So you said that the very first thing you did was extend T. Higgins and click that box. I don't think, Paul, you didn't, right? Neither one of us extended T. Higgins. I did not. So let's say you don't do that, Mo, and that gives you another 3.2 on top of the 700 carryover. So you got close to $4 million to spend somewhere else. Where would you upgrade if, if you don't get the extension with Higgins done? Well, so here's what I was surprised. Before I answer that question, here's what surprised me is I got Jermaine Pratt back. Like, yeah. I I kind of went into this thinking that he and, and Jesse Bates were the guys I was going to say goodbye to. So I didn't need to go find a linebacker. I still have on my spreadsheet, as I look at it right now, Logan Wilson with an extension, Jermaine mm -hmm. Pratt, and Akeem Davis-Gaither. That really doesn't seem realistic. So a different way of doing this exercise might have me finding a linebacker somewhere. If I could take that T Higgins money and deploy it somewhere else, I guess I would look in the secondary. I guess I would look at corner. Um, you know, is there a, a defensive tackle that I can find somewhere to add to what they have with DJ reader and BJ Hill? Are we sure Joseph Osai is going to be okay? And so, you know, maybe I can find some depth at edge, but I guess it would be in the secondary. Um, because Jadobia Wuzie is, is coming off a pretty significant injury. There is going to be some turnover there. Uh, and so if I can find a higher-end corner maybe with that money, I guess I would do that. But uh, I like the idea of getting a deal done with, with T. Higgins. But, but more than anything, I, I want to emphasize this. We're not trading him. So <laughs> trying to win the Super Bowl this year. We're not trading him. We're not trading him. I read a guy today on Pro Football Focus. Now they're going to trade him to the Detroit Lions. We're not sure. doing that. Right. Yeah. That, that's it's going to happen tomorrow. Maybe tomorrow. the Atlantic yeah. said we are. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> the Atlantic. That's, that's where right. you can read it. Um, <laughs> so did you find this to be not as frustrating as in years past? It's interesting. So the, the mechanics of the document. When I went to Google Docs, there was the one from, I think, two years ago, which was the Carl Lawson year. And so I looked at that and I'm like, man, that was frustrating as hell. And then I remember last year's, which for whatever reason I didn't, didn't have saved. I remember that being extraordinarily frustrating. This was surprisingly easy. Um, 
and I, I went down too many rabbit holes in trying to determine which, which tackle I could get and, and what it would cost. But I, I, this, the, the two cuts for me were pretty easy. Lyle Collins is now going to be 30 years old with an extensive injury history that includes nearly every area on his body. And the Joe Mixon thing we've talked about a lot already. So those two cuts to me, I'm saving almost $13.5 million on top of having some pretty good, a pretty good amount of cap space. It wasn't that hard to, to go shopping. I, I didn't get cute when it came to the special teamers. I didn't get cute when it came to backup quarterback. Uh, I, I couldn't get a Jesse Bates thing done, but I had money for Jermaine Pratt. So, yeah, I, I found this exercise to be a little bit easier. And maybe that's, maybe that's what, what happens when you have a good team. When you have a bunch of good players, I don't know, but this this exercise felt to me easier than in previous years. Well, you're welcome. First of all, <laughs> we we altered it a slightly to have the first year cap hit not be as high because traditionally it's not right. as the extended length of the contract average annual value. So I think it one that is part of it. We we made it so it was a little freer, a touch. But two, I also think it is that they're just in a better spot. I just think they're in a good spot for this year in particular. They're in a great spot to be able to do things, do what they want, and not feel like they're letting a lot go. The interesting thing, and almost this year, because when you start getting into extensions and how much you're going to be paying people down the line, I think this is a year where I almost wanted to go and put two years worth on here and put this year and next year in there and start talking about, okay, what, because your sacrifices for what you want to do and going for it this year would be, would show up in 2024 and specifically in 2025. And that to me is where, you know, you reach this conversation that everyone's loving to have right now. That is the all in versus the staying steady concept. And, and we know the Bengals are not an all in type, Duke Tobin has said so much on the record multiple times. He's not going to sacrifice future years to try to go all in in one year. Um, but that said, that's to me what is interesting about this year is you you do have that comfort right now, but the discomfort in 24 and 25 uh, is you know determined by how much how aggressive you are right now. Yeah, I mean to me the the all in conversation it revolves around. T. Higgins, and God knows I've already talked about it way too much. Um, you know, the Atlantic theorized <laughs> that maybe, maybe they could swing a deal. I just, you have a hard time convincing me that trading T. Higgins puts you closer to winning a championship this year. And so, would you love to get a deal done? Yes. If it becomes difficult, all right. Well, do we think he's still going to play football for the Bengals next season? If the answer is yes, that gives them a chance to win the whole thing. Trading T. Higgins for a haul, my favorite word, a haul of draft picks. Mm -hmm. You know, they're, they're not in a position like the Rams or the Broncos where they've got to recoup picks that they've given away. They've got their picks for the coming years. I want to win a championship this season. So the all-in part of this to me is we're not going to trade away one of the best wide receivers in the sport. And by the way, we're also not going to move on from Tyler Boyd either. And I, I did sort of play around with, well, what, what can we get done if we cut him? And God love Trent Irwin. I'm sorry. Just don't think he's the player that Tyler Boyd is. Um, but yeah, I, this, this exercise felt 
surprisingly easy. And and again, maybe it's because I was I, I feel like the two the two contracts that are easy to move over to that cut column I didn't require a ton of thought. I mean, again, it's going to sound harsh. We all know what Joe Mixon has meant to the Bengals. We're all excited about acquiring Leal Collins, and maybe those players have a lot of football still in them and a lot of good football still in them. For, but for what I want to accomplish next season and on this spreadsheet, I just didn't simply – I just didn't view them as, as uh, not expendable. So when I did that, again, the surprising thing for me was I was able to keep Jermaine Pratt. I don't know how realistic it is to pay him $7 million to not be on the field for every down, but my linebacker core is intact. My front, my defensive front's intact. I've had to do some maneuvering in the secondary, but I'm, I'm happy to move on from Eli Apple and his Twitter feed. It's a deep draft classic corner. I can find a, a, another version of Eli Apple who's not going to be sending tweets. I'm good with that. And I got Dax Hill to replace Jesse Bates. And I was told to be excited about that last May. So why should I not be excited about that here in February? I love it. I, I, you know, I said to me, the biggest thing, and you did a version of this, I did maybe a little bit more aggressive version of it, but was done trying to do Cedric Abwehi, Jake Fisher transition 2.0. Okay. <laughs> this team needs to stop trying to draft protection for Joe Burrow. Like it's just, I, I think, I think that needs to be done. Go spend. If you're going to spend, if you're going to take one big swing or two kind of big swings, that's where it should be. Go stop trying to draft protection, pay for protection, and draft elsewhere where there's a little bit more of a track record of success and you yeah. don't have so much on the line. I just want, if I'm the Bengals, I want proven linemen. I want, yeah. if I'm trying to fix tackle, I got Jonah Williams, whoever people are thinking of him, he's proven enough for me for for this next year and a contract year and he's having surgery, so maybe his kneecap won't pop out anymore. And that's great. And then, I brought Mike McGlinchey in to totally solve that right tackle problem. And now you've got those four guys and, and whatever happens at left tackle. Maybe you get Jonah to a deal after the year or whatever. Figure that out next year. Maybe there's somebody else to pay. Uh, and you have a line that is set to protect Burrow and plenty of weapons for the foreseeable future. And that should mean championships. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of did the thing where I'm like, all right, what am I prioritizing in free agency? Not what am I prioritizing this offseason? Premium on getting off to a fast start. It's a line that can protect right away. I need an offensive line that can keep my quarterback from throwing from throwing four picks. I need an offensive line that doesn't need a month and a half to gel. I need an offensive line that can hit the ground running. I'm more likely to do that with as many proven, veteran, established pieces as I can get my hands on. And so that's why that, that to me was was – it wasn't even really something I had to think about. I've got a chunk of dough to spend in free agency. Where do I want to spend it? I want to spend it on the offensive line. And the offensive line, as I've constructed it, you know, we can we can split hairs, I guess, between Mike McGlinchey and uh, and Jawan Taylor. But if if Jackson Carmen becomes my swing tackle, that's pretty good. I I, I do need more improvement from Cordell Volson. I need a prove it year from uh, Jonah Williams, which hopefully they get. I can't go into a try-to-win-the-whole-thing season going, okay, I've got a rookie playing right tackle, and he's going to be the guy protecting Joe Burrow. We're not going to do that. Nope. Mo, you have a great time. Uh, try not to spend too much time walking out of the, uh, walking out of the casino there. Just just head out right to the exits. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Just, just leave, okay? It's too uh, early. I've got a, 
Yeah, I, I've got to go to work. So I'm, I'm, <laughs> my my original plan was I was going to be at like a, a breakfast place doing this with you guys. And then that got thrown up because I don't know how to do a video in one take. <laughs> the average blackjack shoe takes about 20 minutes. So depending on what time you got to be at work, you can probably sneak one in. Uh, all right, Mo. You're making I, a convincing case. See you guys. I, I appreciate it. We'll see you this afternoon. I'll be on yes, with sir. Mo. See you guys. Three to four on ESPN 1530. We will uh, catch up with him then. Um, all right. There's one other aspect of this uh, that I want to dive into before we get into a few uh, other things. Combine look ahead, some RBs, those types of things. Um, I want to talk about potential cap casualties. Now, we'll have a story coming out in The Athletic later this week where each uh, team, a beat writer for team, has a you know most likely cap casualty. And some are notable. Some are not so. Um you can probably guess we have Joe Mixon as ours, uh, one that we've talked extensively about already here today. But there's a few names that showed up when I went through it uh, from other teams that I think I could see perking the interest of Bengals, even in a depth signing for mo- almost, yeah, for all of them actually that I have here. But, you know, the types of guys that would be chasing another paycheck. Um, it doesn't have to be huge, but winning ring stages, things like that. Here's the names that I, that I plucked one, uh, Michael Brockers from Detroit, mm-hmm. um, familiarity with Zach Taylor has familiarity with him from their ties time with the Rams. Now he's 32. He didn't play, you know, he was healthy scratch a lot last season, but extreme leadership, extreme team guy. You're not asking him to do a lot. He's showing up as your third, probably fourth defensive tackle. Think Mike Daniels um, a couple of years ago um, where you're still, he's still got some juice probably left in him maybe, but certainly brings a lot to some depth in that room. That was my only defensive guy. Oh, excuse me. No, uh, Jalen Mills from new England. Mm-hmm. Uh, 28 uh, could be in that, again, that fourth cornerback role that we've talked about, bargain replacement. Who is that? Somebody who's played enough and can come in and, and give you something. Quite, you're, not, you're not breaking the bank on these guys. They're cap casualties who are looking for a, a safe landing spot. Um, th- that's one that was mentioned. I think that could make sense. Um, somebody who's familiar from these discussions that we had on this sheet a couple years ago, Matt Filer from the L.A. Chargers. Yeah. Um, the Bengals had a lot of interest in uh, the year that he was a free agent. Now, he was, had a bit of a down year this past year, but he's got guard tackle flexibility. He's played a bunch. He's 30. But again, you're probably doing some kind of a one-year prove-it, um, increasing your depth at multiple positions, somebody that you feel like could could drop in there. And again, somebody they liked a few years back. I had Naheem Hines yeah. uh, from Buffalo who could, again – we're talking about that he's got a returnability. Certainly, you could plug him in there. Think Travion Williams' role, right? He's he's more dynamic as a returner. He brings you more out of catching the ball out of the backfield, which you can look for. And, you know, he's got a little bit of proven uh, explosive ability in the league. He's 26. Uh, could be somebody that they could be interested in. Again, this is in-depth bargain type of area, but those are some names that popped out at me from the cap casualty sheet. Well, what about because you were talking on your sheet of, of boosting the offensive line 
uh, one of the guys on on the possible cap cuts is Tyron Smith from Dallas. Do they run it back and take another cut cowboy Ooh. to play tackle? Tyron Smith just hasn't played. Yeah. I mean, he every, he's hurt every year. Um, I, I don't know that they're going to go for somebody that old uh, and that True. unreliable at that position, especially you're going to – you know, you're paying for the concept of a healthy Tyron Smith, and it's probably not going to be all that cheap. I don't – I understand Dallas moving on. I don't know that the – I mean, it's tempting. Boy, what if you get the healthy year and he finds mm-hmm. – you know, he turns out an Andrew Whitworth renaissance, right? Yeah. But Andrew Whitworth didn't have this kind of injury history at all. No. Um, and so I, I don't – I'm very uncomfortable with that. Uh, with with that move and having to rely on somebody that just has proven unreliable from a health standpoint and isn't getting any younger. Yeah, there, and another name on there on the other side on defense, defense Javon Kinlaw, defensive tackle, forty nine. Same thing. Yep. If you can get the healthy Javon Kinlaw, it would be amazing. But he's all these knee injuries he's had. It's I I just I maybe they're in a position with with having such a solid roster where they're they would be more willing to take that chance or. I don't know if they would go the other way and say, "Hey, we we need to get more sure bets. We don't we don't need to be rolling the dice on on guys like this and and go get someone that you you never know they're going to be able to play because injuries can happen anywhere. But just avoid those guys with that history of it. Yeah, and there's a spot for okay a flyer, but what it depends on what what is the market for a Javon Kinlaw if he's cut mm. with his injury history? Does the league think he's totally washed? Is he just looking for a chance to latch on and prove he can stay healthy somewhere for two million dollars? Like, I mean, is that the level that he's fallen to? A former first round top ten type pick? I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, to me, that's where it becomes interesting. I don't think mm-hmm. it becomes interesting in a counting on him, uh you know, spending on him, player like that, to me, it becomes interesting. And they look at it realistically in a take a flyer, couple of million, maybe not even guaranteed uh, incentive-based type thing. And, and is that the level he's fallen to or somebody else more needy and, and would actually give him a better deal? I don't I don't know. that. And again, that's that level that we've talked about. Who falls through the cracks? Who's hanging around there at the end and wants a chance to be on big stages and, and win a bunch of games? Maybe that's maybe that is somebody who ends up there and it doesn't hurt you if he gets hurt in camp again or is, gets in and you're like, man, it just yeah. the juice ain't there. I don't know. Um, let's move it forward here and let's do some Arby's before we look ahead to the combine. Jay, do you have any Arby's? I do. So this is a, a couple weeks old, but it was um, a, a friend of mine, Greg Lynch. He's a photographer or was a photographer at the Hamilton journal. Now he, he runs their social stuff. And uh, I was stopping by his house. He, he's a big Steeler fan. So every time the Bengals play the Steelers, I grab, I grab a game program. So I was stopping by his house to drop off the game program. And he said he had something for me from the Journal News Archives. And um, I love the old pictures, old media guides, all that old stuff. I took a bunch of it when they were they were throwing a lot of it out when they moved offices. And I took a bunch of it. Um, he had some more of that. So he hands me this envelope. It's got a bunch of stuff in it. And <laughs> 
we, we were on our way to a friend's house. So we get to the friend's house before I opened it up to go through it. And my wife, Nikki's right there with me. She's like, let's see what it is. I open up the first two pictures are cheerleaders, Ben gals. And I'm like, Oh no, <laughs> did he just get me a bunch of pictures of Ben gals? And Nikki's looking at me like, Oh really? This is your gift. Well then <laughs> I, I get through it and there's, there's really cool old pictures of um, Bengals. And I have one in particular, I don't know how it's going to show up here. I should have had cam. Uh, uh, I should have scanned this and sent it to cam, but um, it's, I don't know what year it is. It's Bob Johnson walking off the field with presumably his wife and kids. And he just looks like this larger than life, massive figure. Um, I, I like the action shots, but I, I really like these kind of, of photos. I just think it's, it's framed well with Riverfront Stadium kind of ringing his head. And yeah. um, I just I, I wanted to thank Greg for doing that. A lot of really cool pictures in there, old time shots of Ken Anderson trying to run away from the steel curtain and, and shots like that. And I just I love that kind of history and um, not sure what I'm going to do with all these things. I have so much of it and I, I have yet to make any kind of display, but it, it, it's on my bucket list. Love it. Love it. That's oh, that is a great shot. I love the, the shot of, of Bob Johnson there. Um, so mine is similar, a little bit similar. Now, uh, uh, I don't know if people are familiar with this. Um, Scott Burson has wrote a book on Joe Burrow mm-hmm. called Bulldog to Bengal. And uh, he showed up um, at, at our event <laughs> and uh, told us about it, um, about the book. And gave us his cards. He was gonna send. He sent sent a copy of the book. Hold on, I gotta grab it. I gotta grab it live. He he was at our event at Fifty West, and he was at our event in to- Buffalo. He came to both of those events. Yes, yeah, came to both. Yeah, all the way. So I was like, he's on board with like. I mean, granted, the man's trying to sell a book, but I appreciate. He said nice things about us too, which I appreciate. <laughs> uh, but also has this book, uh, Bulldog the Bengal, and it's from a different perspective that I really like. In that, I mean, he's entrenched in Athens. He's a person, someone who's in Athens, been there the whole time, seen Burroughs sort of rise. And that's the that's the story. It's through, you know, Robin and Jimmy, his mom and dad. Uh, Sam Smathers does Sam this Smathers. book with him, his, his uh, grade school coach. And, and, you know, it's so much perspective into the the back, 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 back story to Joe Burrow, including a lot of stuff about what, what happens next. Um, but just great stuff, uh, great photos and, and insight to who the person is and how, how that happened. Highly recommend it if you get a chance. It's going to be available in uh, next month. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have an advanced copy here, but it's called uh, From Bulldog to Bengal. And great job. Uh, awesome, awesome read. Scott Burson with Sam Smathers. So get, if you get a chance, check that out. Highly re- recommend it. it. You know, once you get done with the rise of Joey franchise uh, <laughs> and uh, our, our compilation of stories that we uh, wrote the book that came out earlier in last season. So make sure you check all that stuff out. All right. Next on the horizon for us, Jay, is Indy. Indianapolis, the scouting combine. No bad decisions will be made late into the evening. <laughs> as you know it's funny like the, the i feel like the lore of that and the 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 urban legend of the things that happen late night in india at the scouting combine people think oh you're going to the combine what are you gonna do you're gonna go watch guys run or nope. be- bench or whatever 
Honestly, we don't see any of that stuff. I don't really care much about any of that stuff. Like, it'll be noted. This is about an NFL convention. This is about, uh, we'll talk to Duke Tobin. We will talk to Zach Taylor. We will talk to the coordinators. We'll talk to position coaches. We'll talk to scouts. We'll talk there. Everybody is there. Uh, some will be on the record. Some will be off the record. Some will be just seeing people around for throughout the league. Coaches that were here that are gone. There's just... It's a big convention. Sometimes it spills over into the evening. Uh, and, uh, and you just, you never know. And a lot of conversations are had there, conversations between agents and teams and sort of the, the template for what the craziness of free agency will be tends to happen there. That will be the type of stuff that we're keeping an eye on. And, and I'm really interested, certainly, to keep an eye on because the Bengals are, um, as we've talked about often, in a very interesting cross section. Um, particularly when you get to conversations with agents, namely Joe Burrow's agent. Yes. You know, I, I keep refreshing my email, waiting for the the schedule of coach and GM podium uh, appearances, just praying that it's not 8 a.m. Yeah. for Zach Taylor. They've moved him to the Dick afternoon, Tobin. which I think is being nice okay. to us. It's supposed yes. to be between 12 and 5. Which Maybe that was by the coach's request because they're not. Yeah. We're, we're not the only ones <laughs> staying out late. Yeah, they come from a certain uh, a certain culture, um, <laughs> but yeah. So uh, there, there's going to be a lot of interesting stuff. It's going to come out of next week. I, I yeah. I'm interested to you know it'll be our first time you know Duke Tobin in front of a microphone, a number of microphones mm. um, for a while. I'm curious to hear a little bit of his perspective on where the team is at and the team build is at, and that you know the Burrow contract stuff, T Higgins contract stuff is going to be d- discussed. There's just there. W- we haven't really heard their official stance yet. You know, where things stand um, with conversations with Burrow. Hell, maybe we hear something between now and then um, before they show up in Indianapolis. You, you never know. But I just think it's going to, there's going to be a lot of interesting things to be said, um, you know, from that angle. Yeah. From, from all angles, interested to hear from Lou too, about how the, that whole thing played out in Arizona. And, you know, obviously I'm sure he's disappointed um, but he's always a, a very forthright and honest guy. I, it'll be interesting to to hear what his take on things are on on you know whether you know you talk about players within a contract year when with a chip and something to play for is is he going to coach like that where he, he came so close to getting that dream job and uh, he's back not not somewhere he doesn't want to be he likes it here he, he's doing great things here but you know that's that's on his radar to get a head coaching job and is I don't know uh, how you coach better or harder. Um, but you, you see players do it all the time in these contract years, step it up and be really interesting just to get his perspective on uh, where his mindset is after coming so close. Yeah. And uh, so all of that will be on the dock. I look for some of that next week. We'll have a couple of different episodes next week mm-hmm. uh, when we kind of bring you a lot of the reaction from Indianapolis, things heard, things observed, things seen that no one wants to be seen uh always lots of interesting things from up there so we'll have a couple episodes next week uh when we break down everything going on at the combine is really it's for all that everyone has been talking and um doing things like our mock offseason sheet and mock drafting the start of 2023 is in indianapolis okay that's that's when everything really gets going and people really start talking about what comes next in forming the 2023 rosters and the 2023 season and what will be 
as it always is, an absurd march um, around this league. And the Bengals certainly have a lot of money to spend and will contribute to that. So looking forward to getting into all of that stuff for you next week. All right. I hope everybody has enjoyed this. I hope you got your sheets. Yes. Fill them them out. Screenshot them. You can, of course, email me, pdaner at theathletic.com, or just screenshot send them to us on Twitter. Uh, We'll go through a bunch of them. Uh, And uh, we'll see what the trend is out there, what you guys are thinking, how everyone's differing. I'm really curious to see what your guys' view is. And also curious on your guys' view. Remember, if if you have a chance, um, if you're watching this on YouTube, the link to the survey for our in-season episodes is in there. Again, it'll only take a minute or two. Um, it's just a bunch of quick check of boxes on, on what you like, didn't like, want more of, loved, things like that. Um, we, we love to hear back from you. It's very helpful in us tailoring the show for you going forward. So uh, if you have a chance, you have a few minutes, go in there and fill that out. We appreciate everybody that has done that already. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, we will talk to you next week from Indianapolis, the Scouting Combine. Have a good one.